1: You are here for a reason. You are here for a reason. Welcome to the Sunday show. May God richly bless each and every one of you. It is a privilege to be here with you, to be with my fellow believers and the ones who are new in the faith or about to come into the faith. I have been praying about what book to study next, and I'll tell you that the desire of my heart was to do one of the Gospels. The Gospels are the pinnacle of God's Word, you know, other than the book of Revelation, in my opinion, and Genesis, of course. But Jesus speaking directly is the highlight, yet the Lord has not directed me to cover that. As of yet, I suspect he's saving it for the right time to do so. But the Lord has answered my prayer, and he has brought me to the first book of John. And we're going to cover this book in its entirety, and then we'll see where we go from there. But this is really an answer to prayer. One of the reasons I've wanted to do the Gospels was I wanted something that was just very foundational that is good for a new believer or someone who is not yet a believer to understand the Gospels, to understand the Word of God, the heart of the Father, and yet I wanted something that would uh, satisfy the seasoned Christian. And I believe this first book of John Fulfills all of these things. So you're in for a real treat uh, with this. And the Lord, what I want to do um, specifically with this book is because it is a letter to believers, and that's the way I would categorize the entire first book of John. I'm going to frame it in many instances as not only a personal letter to you inspired by God, written by God through John, but also to us as a community of believers, because there's some real richness in this book in particular. John was gifted. He was loved by Christ, and this is going to be a beautiful thing. So let me pray Father, I thank you first and foremost that you sent your Son to die for us on the cross to cover all of our sins, both past and future. And Lord, that you have created a way for us and given us instruction on how to live in this world without condemnation because there is no Condemnation for those who are in Christ and Christ is in us. So, Father and Jesus, as I read your word today, Lord, I pray the Holy Spirit will transcribe and give revelation of the true meanings of your word, perhaps things that we have never even seen yet, because, Lord, I know the depth of your word is beyond measure. So Holy Spirit, I give you permission to speak through me and Lord, to guard the words that come out of my mouth, that they are not misleading in any way. And Father, I pray for those who are watching or listening to this, Lord, that you minister to them in a personal and a corporate way. And all these things are possible because of what Jesus did on the cross for each one of us. So I say, Hallelujah, Father. May your name be praised this day. And I'm just going to have the shofar blow. Uh, It's about three and a half minutes. If you're one of those people who complains, you can skip ahead three and a half minutes, but Uh, The shofar is very biblical uh, to blow it, and it's powerful. It's just like the voice of God, and it clears the air, and it gives us protection against the enemy. It's actually an offensive weapon in my estimation. So I'll see you in three and a half minutes. reading the comments and i do also love the sound of the shofar and it really is the sound of god's voice in many ways uh some of you might ask because you know obviously and thank you there were some compliments from the song that i played last night in uh in the singing poor prayer celebration and uh uh it was called cry holy by the band salvador and it's a beautiful song and I would love to play more of that sort of thing on here, but unfortunately I get copyright strikes and uh, it's just not allowed. So uh, there's certain music and even ones that uh, that I choose sometimes when I've played other songs that say that they're copyright free, I still get copyright infringements. Uh, and just a note to uh, the people who are, listening or watching on YouTube and prefer that platform. My last, uh, strike expires on the 11th of April. So I'm going to have a little bit more freedom to, uh, post some different stuff here, uh, once more. Well, Oh, there was one other comment that was made in chat, and it was from Native Mom that I wanted to put up because this is relevant. Um, It's in regard to the shofar, and she says, it is very powerful and broken up many bad storms in my area when I played it while commanding those storms in Jesus' name, just like I have this morning because of severe storms coming through my area. And something I didn't share last night during the prayer uh, that we have every Saturday night uh, on Telegram. It was just one exception last night, but every Saturday night on Telegram at 8 p.m. we have our Sing Poor prayer celebration. And we also have it on Wednesday night at 7.30, and these are Eastern Standard times. But during the prayer last night, it was rare because I was hosting it. Uh, I mean, I had to set it up because we did it on Podbean. Uh, The team ran it, of course, but there were severe storms going through my area last night. There were winds about 60 to 70 mile an hour, uh, heavy rain, and many places lost power. But the Lord kept us on air, so I praise his name for that. Lord bless the reading of your word. First John, I'm reading from the New American Standard. This is a short chapter, by the way. Um, Verse one. What was from the beginning, what we have heard and what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. And the life was revealed, and we have seen and testify and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was revealed to us. What we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you also, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. These things we write so that our joy may be made complete. This is the message we have heard from him and announce to you, that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sins. If we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous so that he will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, We make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Praise the Lord. So this chapter, in essence, seems very simple and straightforward. I want to say to you, if you're a new believer or someone who is not yet a believer and you're watching this, that this at first sounds maybe on the surface level like it's harsh because we cannot walk you know in sin you know all these things he says but when you understand what John is truly saving saying here there is a liberation of freedom That comes from Christ, and it is entirely awesome. His grace abounds so greatly, it is beyond measure. And I want you to hear that message that's in this today. This is so beautiful, this letter. The author of this letter is John. He was one of the 12 apostles. He did walk with Jesus, and he was the longest living apostle. Um, As far as I know, he was the only one that was not martyred for his faith, and he grew old. And he actually wrote the uh, book, Of revelation as well so he's known as john the revelator and john you know (laughs) jesus loved john he loved all his apostles but john just got it and i and i think you know when i look at even his other writings like the gospel of john which if you're a new believer, I, I, I always tell people, read that first. Just the Gospel of John. Because to me and other people have coined the phrase that it's the book of love. And John really understood fellowship. And that's mentioned here. And that's why I say this is not only for you, but for us corporately. And John understood the commandments, and he understood, love thy neighbor. And you're going to see some of this demonstrated here, and you're going to see God's grace in a new way if you're a new believer in particular. So John starts out in a familiar way. If you've read the Gospel of John, he says in the beginning was the word, and he starts off very similarly here. And you have to remember, uh, these guys, the apostles, well, they preached their entire lives from the time of knowing Jesus. And, you know, just like a speaker that goes around, you kind of get your speech and You have honed it down, and he's made it his sort of thing. This is what God speaks through John, and just like God spoke through Paul, and he used Paul's personality. If you read Romans, for instance, which is just a masterpiece of understanding the entire uh, gospel and how we should live it out, Uh, one day we'll get there. I've done an in-depth study of Romans before, and it's, it's intense. So John is a little bit less intense than Paul, but John is focused on the loving aspects of God and keeping his truth and walking in that love. And you see that here. So what was from the beginning? So in the beginning was God and the word of God. And so he's not mentioning Jesus here until a little bit later on, but he is saying Jesus was there from the beginning he is god he is fully god so what was from the beginning what we have heard and what we have seen with our own eyes so he's making the proclamation to you here that not only he was an eye witness he walked with Jesus He heard the words Jesus spoke, and he saw the way Jesus lived with his own eyes, and he touched him with his own hands. There are many New Age philosophies right now that claim that Jesus was not God, born in the flesh. In fact, the New Age stuff says that he became God. And you can too, is what they say. That is not correct. And John is making this very clear here. He touched him with his own hands. He was God. And concerning the word of life. And the life was revealed. And we have seen and testify and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was revealed to us. I want to really touch on the end of, well, even just verse two, and the life was revealed. No one, although the entire Old Testament pointed towards the cross, I don't think anyone fully understood what the crucifix of Jesus would do. Certainly, Satan didn't understand it. He would have never crucified Jesus. So the life was revealed, and we have seen and testify and proclaim to you the eternal life. Now, I just want to park on that for a second. Did you know that everyone who is born in this world has eternal life? It's true. Except if, unless you come to the cross and you come to Jesus, your eternity is in damnation. There is no middle ground for nice people. You will have eternal life. But what John is proclaiming here is the eternal life, which was with the Father and was revealed to us. So it's eternal life with the Father, with God, not in the place that is the opposite of God. What we have seen and heard and proclaimed to you also, so that you may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So, what does John mean when he says, we're revealing this to you so you can have fellowship with us. Again, this is personal and it is corporate. When you become a believer, when you have, choose to have faith, and it is your choice to have faith in Jesus Christ, You are transferred out of the world and into the kingdom of God. And just in this community here, we have people from every continent in the world. We've got, I think, about 80 different countries of people who listen and are in this community. About 80 countries. And the age range is got to be at least 60 years. So there may be someone who's 18 and there may be someone who's 78, but it's about 60 years of an age range age range of people who are in this community. If it was not for Christ, we would have nothing in common. Many of you would see me on the street and (laughs) not even give a second look. I have nothing in common with him, you would say. And I may say that to you. But yet, because of Christ, I can have fellowship with a a lady who's seventy five years old or 78 years old or 80 years old. Someone I would have nothing. There's a huge generational gap. But yet when we get together and we're believers, we are part of a family. There is something special there. And make no mistake. When you're part of a family, families have disagreements. And sometimes they can get ugly. But there is a common bond. And if you're of the world, you can't understand it. If I meet someone for the first time, and you know, we're not always wearing uh I'm saved by Jesus t-shirt, you might not know, but there's an affinity, and it doesn't take long. When two believers are together, that you discover that you are both in the way. And then there's a smile and there's a sense of love that comes upon you. And what John is saying here is he wants you to be able to have fellowship with us. If you are not a born again believer, it's Really impossible for you to have that fellowship with us. We can still be friends. I have many friends who are not yet saved, but it's not the same. And think of it in a marriage, and I know many of you here are unevenly yoked in your marriage. Either your husband isn't saved or your wife isn't saved. Maybe one of you was saved before you got married or one of you got saved after you're married and you're waiting for that other one. Well, there's an intimacy that cannot be fulfilled in that marriage. You don't have all the tools and all the gifts that God has for you. So pray for that other one continuously. You can't talk them into it. You can you probably can't. I, I won't. I won't say it's impossible, but it has to be their choice, and they are defenseless against your prayers. Go into your quiet place and pray and pray and pray for as long as it takes, and it will take, because God desires that person for you, and He'll honor your prayer as a saint. So then he goes on to say, and indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Now, there's a little bit more on that as we go forward, so I won't go too far on that. But then, verse 4, John says, these things we write so that our joy may be be made complete. There is such a joy in having this and having new believers come into fellowship with us. You know that when someone gets saved, there's a huge celebration in heaven, huge, just for you when you were saved and there's a huge celebration even amongst us the saints it doesn't matter how old you are it doesn't matter where you've been what you've done you might have been a murderer Christ can forgive that and he will forgive it you're going to see that coming up here Excuse me. Verse five. This is the message we have heard from him and announced to you. So John is proclaiming right here that these words are from him. These words are sanctified. They are from God. This is a true representation of God's heart. And his description, that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him, and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice truth. Now, that might sound very convicting to you, but hold on. You're going to understand. He gives it away what this is meaning here, because we hear dark to light a lot. There is no darkness in God. He is light. And yet if you walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us all or from all sin so when light shines in the darkness the darkness dissipates there can be no darkness in god's light and there cannot be sin in god's light if you have sin in your life and every one of us does you cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven unless it is cleansed by the blood of jesus and what does he go on to say remember this is the message from god Not just John, John has the pen, but this message is from God. And he says, the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. Actually, I, there's something else I got to say about the darkness and the light. Even as a born again Christian, you are going to sin. It's in your nature. We live in a fallen world you will not be perfected until that time you are with Jesus. To walk in darkness is to deny that you're a sinner, to have no conviction of it. So in other words, To walk in the darkness is to say, oh, that sin doesn't matter. That sin doesn't matter, so it's okay. But to walk in the light of God means that God's spotlight is shining upon your sin. And yes, you will have sin. But when the Holy Spirit is in you, When the kingdom of God is in you, you will know that it's sin. Before you were born again, you were walking in the darkness, and sin didn't matter. It certainly didn't matter in my life. I knew that certain things were probably not good, but it was okay. The world has a lot to offer. But once I became born again, God's light shines on that. And sin is revealed in me. And I repent of it. And this isn't a justification for us to just go out and sin. (laughs) I can repent tomorrow. No problem. You won't want to. Now, sometimes. I'm just speaking honestly here. Even today, I will still sometimes premeditate a sin. I know it's wrong. It could be just a simple issue of pride, which is not so simple. God hates pride. But sometimes we want those things. And we premeditate it. And I know it's wrong. But yet I do it. And then I find out later that nothing in the world can actually satisfy. And you repent because God has shined a light on it. There is no condemnation for those in Christ. To walk in the light is to simply have the word of God in you, to have his spirit in you, and to have that sin revealed in your life. You would not care about your sin if you didn't have the Holy Spirit in you. And another sin that many of us, and myself included, have premeditated, and it's a common one, it's the pursuit of money. I can premeditate. Listen, I got to put this, this stuff on hold because uh, I got I got an opportunity to make some big bucks here. There's nothing wrong with that. But why do I need to make big bucks? Is it because I can then sow more into the kingdom? Is that really the desire of my heart? Or is it uh, to have some bitching yacht? Just being real. So I want to underline Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. So the truth is not in you. That means you're not saved. And if you say you have no sin... Well, the light of God has not shined inside of you and revealed that sin to you. Verse 9: If we confess our sins, oh, this is so good. He, God, is faithful and righteous so that he will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness the word faithful what does that mean to you you might think of it as just a in a relationship like a marriage what is faithful it's a covenant relationship. And God will not break that covenant relationship. Unless there are a couple different ways that because God is righteous and just, that covenant can be broken. Uh, one of them, as we learned doing the book of Revelation is if you take the mark of the beast and really the two go into the same thing, it's to break the number one commandment. And that is to put another God before God. He won't tolerate it. So if you are in a relationship and you're married and you have an adulterous affair Legally, that is the rights for a divorce. Otherwise, you're not supposed to divorce unless there was, it meets certain conditions, and that is one of them. God applies the same standard to his relationship with you. Put no other gods before him, and he will be faithful and righteous. What does he mean by righteous? Well, your sin can't enter heaven. He cannot be around sin. Sin must be judged. And when you sin here, walking in this flesh suit, most likely there's repercussions in the world against your sin because you've broken God's law. If you steal from your neighbor, you can get thrown into jail. That's a repercussion. If you kill someone, you could have the death penalty depending where you live. That's a repercussion. So there are consequences in this world. But he is faithful and righteous. And righteous means that he has the right to judge. And he does judge you. He does judge your sin. And you know what? If you're already a born-again believer, he's already done it for you. He took all your sin on the cross. This is going to be a theme throughout this It's important for you to understand and be strong in your faith. Some of this stuff is just foundational, but it's good. It's God's word. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him, we make God a liar. And his word is not in us. So... What this chapter ends with is actually a little bit of a test. Are you unsure if you're born again? Well, chapter 1 of 1 John is a confirmation of your faith in Jesus Christ or you're not having faith in Jesus Christ. This is the test right here but if I if I'm born again why do I keep sinning because you're human but does God's light shine in you and reveal that sin and do you feel bad about it because you should and you will if you have the Holy Spirit inside of you Praise the Lord. He is faithful. He will not break covenant with you. Only you can choose to have that covenant broken. And that, my brother or sister, is not a wise choice. Remember, we are eternal. It just depends where you want to spend eternity. And I just want to end on the note that having this faith relationship in the Lord, knowing that you are saved, there is no joy that this world can give like the joy of walking in the way. And we're going to get into some of the specifics in the next chapter about the commandments and about the law and how it pertains to us today. But I'm just gonna give you this as I leave it for today. The more you keep the law, the closer you will be and the more the Lord will trust you to do his will on this earth. It's true, Jesus fulfilled the law He didn't erase it. Same God yesterday as today. If you don't know Jesus Christ, I just ask you to consider your ways, consider your future, consider what you can have in life, have that joy of knowing him. And it is really simple. Know that Jesus Christ, and you just have to make that choice. I believe, and it does not matter what the world tells me, I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross and shed his blood for the covering of my sins. And when you do that, and you would say that he rose again so that you can have eternal life, He's made covenant to give you that life. Now go on and sin no more or sin sin less more realistically. Let God's light shine inside of you. And if you did accept Christ today or anytime we got to talk about getting you baptized And uh, that's something you should do. And also, we just want to know and we want to surround you and have fellowship with you. As this chapter is really an invitation for you to have fellowship with us. Well, thank you very much, everyone, for being here. And uh, I appreciate you. If you want to support the channel, uh, there's some links in the description. I very much appreciate every bit of it. In fact, I'm going to be, uh, asking in the near future for a little bit of a fundraiser. It's been put on my heart to get some new equipment for the broadcast and to be able to put out some better material and be a little bit more flexible in what I do as a podcaster for you. So keep that in mind if you do, if you will. And, uh, In the meantime, remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor as yourself and make a difference in your community.